following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of EricIsMyBanker.com. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House of Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. Yes, we're official. Yeah, official, official, official. Uh, just this week, uh, Home Street Bank mm-hmm. sold its independent mortgage division to Homebridge Financial. So about 500 people uh, made that transition. Uh, we guess... don't want to say they went over the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> well, not the Rainbow Bridge. Because that means something else for yeah. <laughs> like pets. <laughs> it was it was interesting though because I was when when the transaction closed, I was sitting at my desk uh, in our Home Street mm-hmm. office. And uh, the f- switch got flipped, and guess what? Still sitting at the same desk. Everything went over, all lock, stock, and barrel. Nice. So same locations, same personnel, same. I can't say it's always that smooth of a transition for other no. company changes, so well, that's nice to hear. It was exceptionally smooth and uh, just went off without a without a skip and a beat. Uh, really happy, happy I'm about that. Holding off a whole lot of there was jokes. so <laughs> much work that went into that into oh, that transition sure. to make sure everything went I'm smoothly. Sure. Financial services companies have a whole lot of things that they got to stay on top of, so transitioning oh. anything is a Herculean task. So many logistics, everything yep. from the computer systems to HR to locations mm-hmm. to right down to all the, those pre approvals. You know the the copy machine and the coffee maker and. <laughs> I mean, you know, all Absolutely. of that, everything. Yeah. So it, it it really, really went well. And great staff, great work on all that. Well, so good. happy good. about that. Yep. So now our listeners will get to hear some new taglines from you. There you go. Yeah, you'll see, hear some Homebridge things uh, out there and, yeah. and uh, you know, more more along the way. Of course, you can also, you know, catch up on my Facebook uh, page. Mm-hmm. Eric is my banker and uh, have lots of updates going on there as well. So, yeah. All right. So um, are we also doing a quick update on rates today? Because I know we've got a lot of things we want to cover in this show. We sure do. And we have uh, very, very good rates right now. We're we're, uh, at almost 18-month low points. Why? Uh, Because of uncertainty with the economy. We have lots going on in the world, lots going on with our local economy. You know, if you look uh, in Europe, Brexit is still uh, going back and forth. That's yep. caused some uncertainty. Europe's a little bit slow right now. Switch over to Asia. Uh, Chinese economy is struggling uh, right now, and that, that affects us as well. Uh, head on over to Iran. We have uh, ships getting blown up in, in the, uh, yes. the Strait of Hormuz. That affects us, uh, and we're looking domestically. Inflation is very low, uh, but we just had unemployment numbers come in a little bit higher than expected, pointing towards a slight slowing down of the economy and even pressure being put on the Fed uh, this year to cut interest rates rather than increase interest rates. So so the, the paradigm has shifted just a little bit. And uh, in, in with mortgage rates, they're driven by the bond market. And bad news is good sometimes, you know, the slowing of the economy. Right. 
you know, light inflation will tend to keep rates low. So here's where we're at right now. The national average for a conventional 30-year fixed rate loan under 4%, we're at 3.92%. 15-year fixed rates hovering around 3.71%. FHA and VA loans, uh, look at this one, Reba, mm-hmm. 3.71% oh, is wow. the national average. Jumbo 30-year fixed rates also hovering just under that 4% mark at 3.91. Wow. They're excellent right now. They really, yeah, really they are. are. They're down over half a point. They are. And yeah. we, we were not expecting this uh, okay. at, at this time uh, this year. And, that and might so, explain why I'm seeing a lot of fights over expensive houses right now. That's right. I, I always warn people, though, when when we get into this sort of a low-rate environment, there's a lot of fly-by-night lenders that come out of the woodwork, and you'll hear them all over the radio. Uh, lots of advertisements, lots of crazy things being being talked about. Please, please, please be careful. You know, if you're if you're thinking about buying a home or thinking about refinancing, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it most likely is. Uh, mortgages are a commodity. There's not a ton of difference from lender A to lender B when you look at their rates, but there sure can be when you look at their fees. And it's really important to do some some due diligence, do some comparisons. If you're dealing with somebody over the phone, uh, you know, uh, just um, just really be careful. Well, and- I can tell you for a fact I had a client looking at a property in the last couple of weeks that someone came in with an offer ahead of us, and the agent had a lot of questions. She let me know. She said, this is a lender from out of our area who mm-hmm. – is going to buy this house on behalf of their client and then the buyer will buy it from them. And they Hmm. ended up not getting that property Yeah, because either there was something not great behind all of that. It was like some kind of a weird like lease back situation. You know, it just a lot Hmm. of strange stuff going on. We're also seeing um, a lot of teaser rate promotions that you're kind of referring to. I've had a lot of clients who have talked with lenders up front and then suddenly they come back in and go, hey, no, I want to go in this direction. And we're cautioning them because, for one, you have to be real careful. If you're already in a real estate contract, depending on the timeline of when you try and do that shift, right? you could inadvertently waive your financing. Yeah, and then, right. And right. not have a safety net for your earnest money. Right. Any Once longer. you're in contract on a home, it's not just a simple money. You can't just switch lenders if you change your mind. No. Not they, without permission loan from products. the seller, right? Yeah. Or loan products. Like they, mm-hmm. they've reinstituted the, the ability to make your application in that first five days. But some people I've seen try and change even the terms. Mm-hmm. And you can't do when they've when the seller has accepted your offer. If you go willy-nilly and change it because you're like, oh, I got this better deal over here and now mm-hmm. I don't have to do as much down or I don't, you know, there's some other piece to it, that seller does not have to accept that. And if for some reason that new financing company is unable to perform right, right. or perform on time, right. you are definitely at high risk. I've had real estate agents ask me to prepare approval letters and state 20% down when we know the borrower's putting 5% down, thinking that they'll have a better shot of getting the offer accepted. Yeah, and that's fraudulent. And I'm like, no, I'm not, not going to do that. Yeah. Well, if you don't, they're not going to you know, accept their offer. It's like, well, sorry, that's it is what, what it is. Yeah. Because somebody asked me to, to verify, have you verified 20%? You know, the yeah. customer has it. And, yeah, you and can't if I can't lie. say yes, 
I'm not going to I'm not going to put that on a letter. Yeah. I always find it very interesting how some people have this point of view that they can just have like what is what seems to be like the best thing in their mind, Mm -hmm. you know, but when it comes down to actual reality, it's like, no, I'm no. Yeah, that is no. not possible. Just because you can think it doesn't yeah. mean it can be. How about we just Sorry. put down what it is? Yeah. And put it, it is yeah. what How about, it is. How don't about like, tell the truth? Well, yeah. okay. And that's a, that's a big piece. Like I've already mentioned, fraud is a whole other element, right? Because like mm-hmm. you and I have even had situations where someone just changed their mind at the end of the day. Right. And wants to try and use, because the, the last thing after inspections and other kinds of contingencies are you know, the financing. So it's the thing that goes all mm-hmm. the way through closing. Right? right. Right. And we can't, okay. First of all, in agency law, I have a duty to act honestly and in good faith. Right. Well, if someone's asking me to lie on their behalf, that is not me acting honestly and in good faith. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's also fraudulent. And if you're asked to do that, now they're asking a lender or financial institution to lie on their behalf. And it's just, you know, like, if you're going to get involved in one of these transactions, you got to be committed. You got to really, really understand what it is that you're getting into. Yeah. Right. And then fully vet out kind of how you think you're going to take certain things and making sure that that house that you go for is the one that you really want. And also you don't get coerced by a pushy salesperson yeah. to do yeah. some things that you don't want to do and, and strip away you know, things that protect you. That's right. I've had a lot right. of conversations about that lately. Yeah. But I know yeah. one of the things that you and I, did you get through all the rates? I did. I okay. did. Uh, Great. Oh, one just kind of a thing out there, though. If, if you uh, are shopping for rates and you want a comparison, give me a call. Always happy to do that. You can catch me at 206-915-ERIC. That's 915-3742. Or you can also uh, email me, eric at ericismybanker.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. That's right. So happy to help. Okay. So one of the things that we were going to talk about, because I actually had somebody contact me via Facebook um, who's been listening to the show and reading articles that we post online and whatnot. And they, they're they in that conundrum phase of, I, I own a house and I want to buy a different place. I'm ready to move, but I'm stuck in that, how do I make this happen? Yeah. Yeah. How do I work those logistics? Right. Because it takes time to sell a home Mm -hmm. and it takes time to buy a home. Right. Of course. Right. And depending on how long you've been in the house that you're in, uh, you may have little to no equity depending on how long you've been there. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you bought it, you know, every market's different. Right. When we had the recession, people had negative, you know, situations. That's right. But now we have people who, for the most part, do have equity, equity positions, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but it depends on how much. Because if you only bought it a year ago with 3% down, maybe you're not in quite the right position to do this. Sure. Right? Unless you can look at it being either break even or a loss. You know, it sure. depends on why of you're course. having to go through it. Yeah. Um, maybe you have quite a bit of equity, right? So you have to, it, it really is smart to sit down with somebody who's got some experience in this area. To really vet everything out and, you know, one, get a real handle on what is your house actually worth. Don't just go to Zillow. I mean, that can help you with a ballpark, but that's not an exact. Right. Um, And there's a lot of different reasons for that. We can do another show entirely on that topic. Yes, we could. But 
get somebody to come in and work with you to figure out true valuation and then figure out your equity position because there's a couple different ways. And sometimes it might include additional lending resources mm -hmm. um, where maybe you leverage your equity to borrow against that and then put an offer on another house, right? So that's one potential option, but you got to look at what that means. But for you, Eric, I know that what that brings into the equation is debt to income ratios. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have to worry about that. Are we carrying two mortgage payments for a period of time? You know, we've, we've got, you know, mortgage on the old home and a mortgage on the new home. You know, we have to be able to figure out a way to make that all work and make those, those numbers line up. Right. Uh, there are some ways to do it and, uh, and, uh, it can get a little bit complicated. It can get a little bit tricky. Uh, we got to take a quick break right now. But if you want to learn more about it, I think you should hang on that's and right. listen in. Come back after the back. break. That's right. So stay tuned. Uh, more open house with team rebound. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. And, and all things related. That's right. In between. Yep. And, and we also have, I believe still, they're doing the bonus rounds on a Sunday with our show right now at 3 to 4 p.m. That's right. Sundays at 3 to 4. So mm -hmm. if you miss us on Saturday, you can catch us on Sunday. And if you can't do either one of those, you can always go look us up now because we're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher for podcasting. That's right. So every one of these shows is now getting uploaded after the fact and you can go there and listen to your heart's content i was just on uh, spotify and i went yes. into the search just typed in open house with team reba and voila voila there you are you can click the subscribe button so every yes. time there's an update you're going to get notified absolutely and, and if you like the show please give us five stars give us a like yes yeah. we like it we like That's it right. we like those stars in fact i was so pleased that uh, you know just the other night you and i taught a first time home buyer class mm -hmm. down in tuckwilla at yep. the at the claim jumper. Yep. Uh, ours is not the usual first time home buyer class. No. Reba, you know, most of these places are brown bag lunches and, mm -hmm. and they use a, a standard PowerPoint, you know, yeah. ours is a little bit different and I don't want to mm -hmm. wrap myself out here, but our PowerPoint is, how should I say enhanced a little bit? We've tried to make it uh, not boring. And uh, it's well, I think it's less about the PowerPoint. It's more about the engagement with the and the content attendees. and the engagement. Yeah. And we serve food. Yes. We had nice appies uh, yesterday. Oh, that yes. was delicious. Yes, so there was a lot of delicious, really food good there. food there. So uh, it's always a fun, fun thing. But one of the one of the attendees of the class Is heard about it on show? our show. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is awesome. So which was great because she just called me directly to get signed up because she doesn't do Facebook, so she didn't go to the Facebook <laughs> ad. Right. But yeah, right. no, we've got lots of different ways that people are interested. We also did just schedule a new show, or not show, but a class uh, for September 11th. That's right. On a Wednesday, also with the Claim Jumper from 4 to 9 p.m. That's right. So Claim Jumper down in in Tuckwilla, just mm -hmm. a, about a mile south of the South Center Mall. Yes. And this is the official first time homebuyer class. It's a five hour class. It's a long class. It's free. And like I mentioned, we f we feed you and everything. But this thing is 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 cram packed mm -hmm. full of information. 
giving you a lot of background on the programs that are available, what the process is to buy a home and finance it, information on special uh, zero down options mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, the interesting thing about the gal who came was she's not a first-time homebuyer. Right. You know, we've had people come who have owned homes. In fact, we had a father and son come at a prior one. And the adults who already have been through a home buying process learned something while they were right. there. Right. So it was very interesting to get uh, perspective from people who have even been through it. They even gain more knowledge coming to this particular class. So it's it's really a great program. We go through so much information. Um, but, you know, hey, if you want that information, sign up. You can go to teamrebaclasses.com for that, or you can send an email to info at teamreba.com, and we'll get you signed up and get your confirmations for you. But uh, I want to get back to that topic that we were discussing before the break. Mm-hmm. Um, we were discussing how can somebody go from owning a home to buying another one when they are like, I'm in this spot where I need the equity out of my house to buy the new place, right? Because maybe they don't have another big bundle of savings. And if you've been here in the Pacific Northwest for a while, your home's appreciated quite a bit, right? It it has. So we started to talk about the idea of maybe you could get like a line of credit. Bridge loans aren't really as commonplace as they might have been, say, back in the early 2000s, right? Right. Um, nor are the 80-10-10, 80-20 options, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let me translate some of what you just said into into English. So a a bridge loan typically is, is just a second mortgage on the home that you intend to sell. And, and the old school bridge loans, you did not have to make a monthly payment on it. It just sort of sat there and accrued some interest, very Mm -hmm. short term type loan that would be paid off when you sold your home. Those pretty much went away after the great recession. You know, those, Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, they were a risky, a risky type of a loan, and 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 you know, unfortunately, you know, if you, we had lots of folks back then that were trying to sell a home, buy a new home, and then the market tanked, and all of a sudden they couldn't sell the old home, but they had already bought the new home, right? And uh, and they ended up foreclosing or you know having that old home go go bad. We called that buy and bail, and it oh, uh, it wasn't God. wasn't a. A great situation. So as a no. consequence, you know, the rules have tightened up on those. Uh, but you still can pull out a line of a home equity line of credit. I always caution people on this, though, because mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and this is where uh, as a lender, I have to be really, really careful and cautious. Let's say that you've got a home, you intend to sell it. You want to take a line of credit out on that home to pull some of your equity out. A line of credit, many lenders will allow you to borrow up to a combined total of about 90% of the value of your home. So that's great. Is it owner-occupied? Because now you're going to use that money to buy your new primary residence. And really only one home can be considered owner-occupied. So we have buyers quite often ask that very uncomfortable question. Mm -hmm. I want to take out a line of credit on my current home. Let's call that owner-occupied. And then I want financing to buy my new home, and let's call that owner-occupied. Well, you can't really do that. So one of them's got to be called non-owner-occupied. Right. People don't want to do that because, number one, the rate is higher if mm-hmm. it's non-owner-occupied. And number two, the maximum amount a lender will lend is less. Typically, it's going to be limited to 75% of the value of the home. So you've got to have about 25% equity still tied up in that house that you that you intend to sell. So... I mentioned this because when you 
signed loan documents, you will sign a deed of trust. And if it's an owner-occupied transaction, you're going to say that you shall occupy that home as your principal residence for at least one year. And you can't really have two loans where you're saying the same thing because if you get caught on it, guess what? That's kind of a big deal and uh, and could result in, in all kinds of trouble, including um, you know a, having that loan accelerated, called due and payable in full, and, and, or, or foreclosure could be, could be started. So you've got to be straight with, with, with your lender on what you're doing. So are there other lending options available? Well, there, there are. And uh, on, at the institutional level with, with lenders, the, the home equity line of credit is, is still a very good option. And what I would suggest is plan ahead a little bit. If you know you might be making a purchase some point in the future, Get that line of credit now while you truly are the owner-occupant. Just get it set up. Get it ready to go. With a line of credit, you don't even have to use it. You can have it set up. Uh, You won't pay any interest on that account until you draw money out. Most lenders will open up a line of credit for no fees, so you're not going to spend an arm and a leg to set that up. Uh, You may have to pay an annual fee, though, if you're not actively using the account. Right. The other thing to watch for with a line of credit is are there any prepayment penalties or early termination charges? Right. So many lenders will charge a fee if you cancel the account or close it out within the first three years or so. Uh, usually it's going to be a $500 charge uh, you know, for, for closing that account out. They do that because they're not charging you any closing costs up front. So right. you have to be a little bit careful about that. Just do, do your due diligence, do your research. And, and you can go that way. Uh, so that's sort of at the institutional level. On the private level, there are private lenders out there that will still offer something mm-hmm. akin to a bridge loan. Um, we call them hard money lenders that will do that. And I believe there are some real estate companies out there even that can offer some sort of variation of that. Some are starting to try and put that into place because they know it's an issue that people run into. I'm curious how long they will offer those programs because as you mentioned earlier in the like buy and bail version of things while we have a good market going on i could see why they might provide that option um i'd be really curious to see the terms right i haven't seen anyone with providing that yet Um, i in fact was actually even talking to a company this last week who's trying to recruit me to a different firm and yeah, I started to yeah. ask about this program that they had mentioned during some meetings I had with them. Yeah. And when I pressed them more about that, well, they don't even have enough information on it. It's not even a program that's currently offered. It will be a version of kind of a hard money lending, which to me says high probably interest high rate, interest rate, high fees, yeah. which is why they're going to be offering it because it's an investor-backed, tech-focused company, mm-hmm. not they have a footprint here, but they're not from here. I'll just say that out loud for anyone who's thinking those things in their head. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, you really strap yourself in to that company at that point. Cause what if they end up not performing for you? Right. What if you end up not getting the service? Now you're tied into a whole other level right, of right. things with this firm. So um, I think, consumer protection is going to get pretty interesting in the next few years around some of these bundled services like that. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing also with uh, title and escrow companies are starting to get tied back into real estate companies for a while. They were very much separated right, or had right. to be very um, 
clear about their involvement and engagement with each other because there's a lot of very local Pacific Northwest companies that mm -hmm. have title and escrow companies that you kind of get pushed into using. Right. Um, most consumers don't recognize or realize what that really means for them. Right. Uh, but, you know, this show is not about that. So right. Right. I don't want to dive into it. But just just be aware and understand. Now, the main way that people really go about doing this, and I'm pulling up the local MLS information uh, just so I can kind of look at some of these stats, uh, contingent sales is kind of the thing that a lot of people end up having to do. If they don't have either a savings and or way to pull equity out of their home, what ends up happening is you have to really get good at estimating what you think your house is going to be worth and whether you're going to put it on market first mm -hmm. and then get an offer and then move forward with trying to Shop get for another your home. home. Yeah. Your other option, we had one client trying to do this for a while. They found their next home first and then they needed to rush to get their house ready to go on the market, but their house wasn't ready yet. And so they got completely stressed out during that process. And in the meantime, while they were doing research on the new house, they found out some issues that they just weren't willing to move forward with because it was found that was um, basically their, their land was sitting right over a very large gas pipeline. So they weren't comfortable with that. So they decided to cancel out. And then what we ended up doing was we just went ahead and got their place ready and got all their photographs and stuff done mm -hmm. so that once they do find the right house, they're going to go ahead and be able to uh, get, get on market get within that five days that's in the typical contract language. But um, I know we're going to be going into a break here in just a moment. So if you'd like to hear a little bit more about what we're discussing on this topic, right. come back after the break. We're going to be talking about some of the some of the rules that go along with carrying two mortgages at the same time. Also, what the maximums are, that yes. sort of a thing. So, yeah, stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassett, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. Yes, and we are talking all things contingent sale and purchase. Right. What do you do when you've got a home to sell and a home to buy and you haven't sold your home yet? Yes. So we were just discussing some of the options of potential lending. Um, and if you don't fit into that, what are your other options, right? Sure. So I'm going to give a couple examples of people I'm actively working with right now. Now, I, I also said I was pulling up some MLS data. And the reason why I look at this is a few years ago, we rarely saw contingent sales mm -hmm. showing up. It right. was really, really rare to find that. Well, you couldn't. Sellers wouldn't accept it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oftentimes, if they had lots of other offers, it was very difficult to get your contingent deal in place. Um, so many times people had to have all of these elaborate, sometimes to-move requirements, mm -hmm. kind of things where they'd sell their house, move into an apartment, get it sold, finally get their proceeds, and then go on the hunt, mm -hmm. right? And everyone knows how much we all love moving. Mm -hmm. um, plus, there's costs associated every time you do it, right? So um, with the slowdown that we had between June 2018 to about February 2019, one of the great things that came out of that was that 
the market shifted a little bit. We're still very busy. I don't want to give the wrong impression. We are very busy in this marketplace. However, the number of homes with price reductions has gone up significantly. Yeah. And the ability to do a contingent sale has also gone up. So like just in the last week, now granted this is for the entire MLS region, but 147 transactions went contingent this week. Right? Hmm. So How's that compared to normal? Um well, I don't know about what normal is. A couple but. of years ago it was zero. I mean, you just didn't see it at all. Yeah. So the fact that we're seeing um opportunities for families to now do this is really, really good. Now, there's a couple different ways this can happen. So you can put your house on the market and get everything prepared, have the price set and have your marketing plan and, you know, what you're going to do if you need to have price reductions, you know, because you want to you want to put a reasonable price on your house. Right. Everyone wants to maximize it, but there's no perfect price on a home. Right. So you want to get something reasonable out there now. Once you're under contract, you can then be looking for a place. And one of the things we have going on with a client of mine right now is we have her place sold already on the east side. And she's looking again on the east side. But what we did in her contract is we found out what the buyer's situation was. And they were renting. Yeah. And they were on month to month. So they had flexibility. So we got a up to 60-day rent back period for her. So discounted for the first month. And at their loan amount for the second month. Yeah. Right? So that gives her breathing room. And it's not just that 60 days that she's got, but it's during the contract period itself. So we've been hard and heavy, you know, going out and looking at houses, you know, all the time. So she, you know, she's already put in a couple of bids. She's lost out on some bidding wars. Um, I will recommend if you are going out to find that next house, do yourself a favor Give yourself wiggle room. Don't go look at the stuff at the max of your price point because she is leaving herself in disappointment regularly because one, she's either going at mm. the top of her price range and then people outbid her yeah. or worse, she's looking outside of her price range hoping she can get a deal, mm-hmm. which frankly is silly because someone offered her $20,000 more for her house ahead of the offer review period to prevent a bidding war. Oh, and yeah. I thought, why do you think you will get the opposite? Right, you know, right. so what we finally agreed to, um, you know, partnering together on this was only look at stuff above your price point if you've already seen that it's been on market longer than 14 days. Right, right, right. Because then it doesn't have a multiple offer situation. Now, the good thing for her is because her closing is coming up, her contingency is just her proceeds are contingent on the completion of that sale. Not that she has to find the buyer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you go on market and then you try and get the next house under contract before you have a buyer, you have one form of contingency that says, hey, I'm going to have a buyer by a certain period of time. Yeah, And yeah. you can be bumped throughout that period of time mm-hmm. by another buyer coming in. Super scary. Who doesn't have a contingency potentially, yeah, right? They yeah. may have better terms to offer. However, I will say it's less likely that a buyer will look at that house because depending on whose website you're using to search for property, most people don't go mess around with a contingent deal if they think it looks like it's pretty solid. Yeah. Right. So it's only on occasion that that bump actually happens. Sure. 
Now, if you already have somebody in place with the contract, then your contingencies, again, just only contingent upon the closing of that because you've already found your buyer, right? That's a great position to be in. Now, the ones that get really fun and that your own brother put me in was, oh, hey, we want to put an offer on a place, but we don't have our house on the market yet. And so we were able to get them under contract. We got someone to accept their contingent deal. And then we rushed in that five-day period to get their place ready. Right. And thankfully, your brother keeps a beautiful home. Right. Very well-maintained. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Super <laughs> rare. I know his place is spotless. You just had to put a sign up. Totally. Yeah. They, yeah. I walked through on our staging console and went, move this, 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 put that in storage, take that down, 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 down. And within a week, they had it all done. Yeah. Boom. We got everything finished and right. they were ready to rock and yeah. roll. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, but that's a rare case. Yeah. This woman I have in the Sammamish area, I met with her in January and she wasn't ready to go on market till four months later. Right. Right. Most people have stuff that they need to like get out of their house. So we, we spent the time doing all the right prep and then boom, she got a great offer. So now we're searching, searching, searching. She'll have a huge down payment, which is something that can help us in uh, the negotiation process. But because she doesn't have her funds right now, it's still, you know, a question mark for some right. sellers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but it's much more doable in her situation than I had another client who found the house they wanted. Their house was nowhere close to being ready. And then we ended up canceling out because of issues they found during their research, um, you know, during the inspection period. And we said, okay, no, but why don't we go ahead and move forward with getting your house ready so that when you do, because they were concerned, you know, where they're mm -hmm. looking, not a lot of properties come on. It's an area that doesn't have... Um, massive numbers of homes. Mm -hmm. It's not as dense a housing area. So when one does come on, you need to jump. You got to get right on it. Yeah. And uh, especially because it's in a very popular school district. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's it sure got a lot. And they're looking for very specific features that a lot of people want. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to just jump on that opportunity. So the way that we prepared that was we got everything done in advance and now we're ready to go the second they find the right house for them. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll, you know, find that in the next several months because their goal was to try and be settled in by end of summer, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Another lady that we're working with, we went on a contingent deal. Uh, we thought we'd be able to get on in five days. And then I went over to her house. She was referred to me by another uh, colleague of mine who was retiring. And I went over to her house and no joke. In fact, I'm going to post this on a blog. Uh, her son's car parts were all over the furniture inside of the family room. <laughs> and it wasn't an inexpensive thing. You know, it yeah, was like, it's yeah. a Viper, but the hood that was sitting on top of her couch and coffee table <laughs> yeah, yeah. was just, you know, it's like, oh. There, there, there might be a certain buyer that might sort of like that. Yeah, you know, but like it's me. not coming with the house. <laughs> no, So, true. you know, so the, the interesting thing was walking in her house ready to do paperwork and I, that's the first thing I see as I walk in and there's the family mm. room with the Viper parts everywhere. And I went, will this be gone by the <laughs> right. end of the week? Cause yeah. we're planning on photography. And she's like, oh yeah, no, the car's in the shop getting fabrication work done. 
I don't know when it'll be done. And I went, we need to go back to oh, your boy. seller yeah. and see if they would be willing. Now, we are super, super lucky in that particular situation <laughs> that the seller is very relaxed yeah. and willing to allow us the extra time. Extra, so we actually yeah. did an extension yeah. from the five-day period to um, – I think we gave ourselves three weeks yeah, yeah. Uh, to allow for the Viper to be put back <laughs> together. Um, and I'll tell you, one other time I had a contingent deal hmm. where, again, depending on the seller, my client beat out another offer, but he was three months out. Mm-hmm. And we actually, hmm. that seller, because they knew they would be moving slow, they took it. They were like, well, for a little more money, and actually the time is nice for us. Okay. We'll do it. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you've got a buyer and a seller that if you can bring them together, you can communication. do some fairly creative things. Yeah, you got to you know, have a lot of very right. clear, right. good communication and details. That's right. That's right. But not, not everybody is, is fortunate like that. So if you get in that situation where Mm -hmm. you have to carry two mortgages at the same time. Which can be stressful. I've had to do it. It it absolutely can. Your your maximum debt to income ratio is going to be 50%. So if you look at what your gross monthly income is, you know, your maximum for mortgage payments and any other debts is going to be limited to 50%. So if you can carry both at the same Mm -hmm. time, so that that solves one problem, but then the other question is, well, what do I do for down payment? And well, you and I have a, a mutual client who sort of looked at this situation. It's like, well, you know, I I've got the income to carry the debts, but I don't want to put that money in as a down payment. I don't have the money for a big down payment for right. the new home because it's equity tied up in my current home. Right. So what we're doing there is we'll do a low down payment on the new home. With the idea that once the the current home sells, the balance on that new home can mm-hmm. be paid down. Yeah. And with most lenders, once you pay the balance down, you can do what's called a recast or a reamortization mm-hmm. of the payment, drop it down without even having to refinance. You know, in many cases, uh, in other cases, you know, you just refinance. So if you're going to do a two-step process like that, where you're using a certain type of financing to buy the home. Once it sells, your old home sells, you want to refinance, then try and work with your lender on that that initial loan to keep your costs as low as possible. Yes. You may pay a slightly higher interest rate, and, and you can do that and have all the costs waived. So you're, there's no closing costs. That way you're not duplicating uh, costs, doubling up on, on expenses and things like that. Yeah, no, and I thought that was a brilliant way of being able to get that all put together because mm-hmm. that worked out because we were able to put their house on the market after they got under contract. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it works really well. And there's one other way to structure these sort of things as well. Uh, We're going to be talking about in just a few minutes after we pay a couple bills. Stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock, bringing you information on real estate and finance. And sometimes those two go very, very closely together, like when you have a home uh, to sell yes. and a home to buy. How do we do this? Super close together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised we don't have more people's hair falling out. 
Uh, like mine. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for you saying that for there once instead of me. <laughs> well, I told you at the class the other night that that's, this is all because of everybody that wants to close their loans on the last day of the month. Well, that's what I was joking about. Yes. I said, you know, you joke that it's every time you pull a credit report. And I'm like, no, it's all those end-of-month closings. <laughs> uh, which, you know what, so speaking of which, though, you do have to um, – again, on the communication piece on these contingent offers, you can potentially change close dates and do simultaneous close can be difficult. I had somebody ask me about that the other day. Like, can Mm. we create that? That's really mostly only possible if we're using the same title and escrow company, but it's often unlikely that one deal has the same as the other. And you may or may not get a lot of wiggle room on making that decision. But if you can plan within a couple of days of each other, that's Mm -hmm. another good reason not to book a Friday closing. Cause if you have to have something else directly after it's great, if you can do one, maybe on a Tuesday or Wednesday, get the funds and then close the other one. Please. Yes. We had one recently that it was uh, our buyer was selling a home and buying a new home and then the seller of the home they were buying was also doing the same thing all, oh, yeah. on, all on the same day. Yeah, it's a domino. And it was all through one escrow company. And uh, if if one delay occurs, just one, on mm-hmm. any of those links in that chain, it cascades. it's not going to make it. Yeah. And, uh, and then take that on. This one happened to be on um, just before Memorial Weekend. Oh, even more fun. Yeah, super special. Yeah, so that Friday afternoon. And then uh, Friday afternoon... Before a major holiday, mm-hmm. if you call uh, certain escrow companies or certain lenders, for that matter, you're going to get the out of office message. Sorry, yeah, you know they're about two fifty nine p.m. They're gone. You know they're oh, out yeah. the door, yeah. and uh, you know so if something goes sideways at been at there done that three o'clock, really ticked off. Guess what? It's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah. So so you really got to plan ahead on that that sort of thing, or else you're going to be uh, spending the weekend in a motel. Yes. Yeah, which is not what anybody wants to have to do. Definitely not. Yes. But, um, you know, that that communication factor is so critically important because, you know, the time in the house, if there's plus possession periods for anybody, like sometimes maybe maybe you're the one buying the house where the seller has to go find another home. And you might have to be the person willing to provide a rent back period right. to this yeah. other person, right? right. right? Yeah. And so... You know, you're going to navigate and negotiate that depending on how popular that property is, too, because sometimes that's at no cost to the seller to be able to stay in that home for a period of time. And sometimes it's for a little bit of cost. Mm -hmm. It depends. Right. right? right. Like we we already gave one example earlier. So, you know, you have to communicate throughout. Plus what we were discussing during the break for me and you is if if you're working with an agent and they're helping you with selling your home and you're having to do this other purchase, Make sure that you're talking with the lender in advance about what the pricing strategies are because you might start at one level that gives, you know, maybe a 20% equity position Mm -hmm. to that person. But what if you have to do price reductions? Right. Everybody's got to be on the same page about what's going on and how much there is available. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I always say I'm an optimistic pessimist. Um, you know, and, and we do plan that way. You want strategic planning because this is one of the more critical things to try and accomplish in real estate. And you're dealing with stress, 
stress on both sides. Right. 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 Buying and selling plus packing plus, you know, there's there's a lot going on. So it does help to be working with someone who's really full service and can give you attention and answer questions and be there and give guidance and give help where you can um, and then work with a lender who is very good at communication and works well with the team that you're working with because otherwise it can just become, you know, Oh, it, a it something can be show, really, I really won't say. extremely <laughs> stressful. You know, one, one sort of, you know, other thing you can do as far as your planning goes, like we have a mutual client right now. Mm-hmm. We've scheduled a closing, one of these exact same scenarios, selling mm-hmm. a home, buying a home. We, we, in the, the, the sale will not happen before the, the purchase. Right. We scheduled the closing on the new home for the first of the month. And the, so, so we've got a closing on July 1st, but the monthly the first payment on that loan will not be due until September 1st. So we've got almost a full two months off before, you know, before this, our client has to make a mortgage payment on the new home. Hopefully that's enough time to where the old home will be sold. So they're not having to make double mortgage payments, one on the old home, one on the new home. Well, the great thing is, is I know which client we're talking about. Uh And that client is going to be closing two weeks after the purchase of the new home on the home that they had. Ah, so we're golden. Here in the Seattle area. Yeah, yeah we're So in yes, shape. we're in a beautiful we're in good shape. position. It all, it all worked out well. Yes. So, well, yeah. and, and that's the thing is like, you know, the gal that I've got in Sammamish who's looking on the east side still, you know, there's a lot of inventory coming on right now. It also mm-hmm. kind of depends on what time of year that, you know, like summertime is when lots more inventory comes on. It also means if you're selling that you have more competition, mm-hmm. but you know, you have to look at all the factors of what market area are you in? Where are you trying to buy into? Are you even trying to buy in this area? Cause right. some people are just moving completely out. Right. So it just yeah. depends. And That's I have right. another client that we're about to sell their house uh, up in the, the Ballard area in Sunset Hill. And you know, in their situation, I don't have to worry about the contingency because thankfully they've already got the place where they're going to move to. Their interesting challenge though, is they need the money to build because they already have the land and they're going to do new construction build. Mm-hmm. So they still have to have like a secondary plan of like, well, where are you going to live? Right. Cause they, they, they don't have the money to do this otherwise. Right. So they did get an apartment for a year. So they'll have that temporary thing, but at least they know where they're going. They'll have all their funds and then yeah. they can go, do the next thing in well, the next phase. Let's talk about let's talk about one other scenario there is you've got you've got your current home, you're buying a new home. What if you keep your existing home? You know, and there are a lot of people who want to mm-hmm. do that. Build your wealth. Yes. You know, start start uh, you know, convert that home to a rental. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a I tell you from a lending standpoint, from a qualifying standpoint, dead easy. What what you have to provide for documents is a signed and executed lease agreement. An evidence of a of a deposit of you know your original initial security deposit, you provide that to the lender, and most lenders are perfectly fine with that. What we will do is take the monthly rent uh, on that lease agreement, less twenty five percent, right? Less your mortgage payment, and that's what you have to qualify for. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that you've got two thousand dollars rent, you know, and a and a and a seventeen hundred dollar mortgage payment. Right. So two thousand dollars minus twenty five percent gives you fifteen hundred. Minus seventeen hundred dollar mortgage payment gives you negative two hundred dollars. The negative two hundred is the only thing we're going to count against your 
debt to income ratio, and we can allow that to go up to a, a, a total of 50%. So renting a property out from a qualifying standpoint uh, works really, really well, you know, provided you can, you can you know, have a signed and executed uh, lease agreement and evidence of a security deposit. And I would assume that that needs to be from a actual third party. The, you can't have like mom and dad sign it for you. It's, no, it needs to be, le, you know, legit. yeah, le, le, let's just say it. Yeah, legit. And, uh, you know, so some, um, you know, most, most lenders are, are pretty good right at that level. The one exception to that is FHA financing where they will not allow you to rent out your current home. So if you're trying to buy the new home, FHA, not going to work. Everything else, conventional financing, VA financing, mm-hmm. uh, works, works no problem at all. Okay, so yeah. that's if you're using FHA to buy the next house. To buy the next house. Right, but if yeah. you had an FHA loan on the house mm-hmm. that you're moving out of, does yeah, it matter? That's okay. That's yeah, as okay. As long as you've lived in it for at least one um, year, that's least that's year. not a problem. Okay. Yeah. F, the only difficulty is is having multiple FHA loans, but that'd be a whole other topic for another day. Uh, you really can't have more than one FHA loan at a time unless you have at least twenty five percent equity in one of those properties. Gotcha. So it could require a couple appraisals to get that done. Ah, yeah, okay. lots of rules. I think that's one that I didn't yet know about. Oh, I got. I could do this all day long. Well, because I know, like with VA. Yeah. Doesn't VA also have? Uh, VA, you you have eligibility. Okay. And so for you veterans out there, give us a call. We'd be happy to work all these numbers and story problems for you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that was informative for all you today. Uh, thanks for listening in. Another day with Open House with Team Reba. We're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. Proceeding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.